Talk Shoes. Recorded live. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Kirsten Furquain. She is the owner of Happy Food Company, and she's also one of the 25 under 25 winners that we honored just recently down at the Marriott. We're very happy to have her here today to talk about her entrepreneurial journey. She is a serial entrepreneur and to share with you some of the tips that she has for creating a successful business. Welcome to the show today, Kirsten. Thanks, Kelly. All right, so I said you're a serial entrepreneur. Tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. I know that's a, you know, we could go on for hours about that, but uh, how, did, how did you decide to become a business owner to start with, and then how did that lead you to Happy Food Company eventually? Um, well, about 20 years ago, I decided that I wanted to be in business for myself, and so I went out about writing a business plan, and it was a really good test on how to actually plan out and implement an idea. And so that was quite a long time ago. I had a five-year plan, and I followed through on that with an early education center. And then I decided to go to culinary school. So I went to culinary school after I'd already gotten an undergrad from KU and a business degree from Sacramento State. And I started a catering business. And I still run that catering business in Home Bistro today. That's my true love is to just get in the kitchen and cook. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I had a young child at the time. And I um, was familiar with early education, as I said. And I saw what kids were eating. Um, at school, and I knew there had to be a better way. So I started a program called Bistro Kids, which was one of the first farm-to-school lunch programs in Kansas or Missouri, and we provided healthy lunches for students. So that became one of my passions, was to see kids eat good food at school. And I did that for about five years, and then I sold that company in 2011, worked for them for about three years, and then met up with my current partner, Jeff Glasgow, who had the idea for Happy Food Company. And tell us about Happy Food Company. What does it do exactly? So we provide meal kits to retailers, all the components to make a meal in a box, chopped, prepped, ready to go. And um, we sell those primarily to grocery stores in the, in the Kansas City area. And then consumers can buy those just like they buy anything else. So the idea is we'd like to revolutionize the way real people purchase, cook, and enjoy good food at home. We know that people are time constrained. We know that they're looking for meal solutions, but they still want to come home to the dinner table. Everybody doesn't want to eat out every night or get fast food every night. So we provide a customer experience solution that's locally sourced, good quality food that they can eat with their family in 30 minutes or less. And I, I've actually eaten some of those, and it's true. I mean, I remember when I bought mine at the Hen House grocery store, and I took it home, and there was even the egg in it that it needed because you provide the recipes. And I thought, yes. oh, this is so funny. There's a, there's even an egg in here. So <laughs> it seriously had everything in there that you could that you need for that recipe, pre-measured. Let's talk about why you decided to go the route that you did with your distribution. There are so many uh out there that we won't name, where you can subscribe to them, and then once a week or how whatever the terms are, you get sure. the kit in the mail. And why did you decide to distribute the way you do? Um, we actually, this is our third year with Happy Food Company. We actually started out as a workplace wellness model, so we contracted with mid-sized employers to provide 
a cooler um, filled with the Happy Food Kits at the workplace um, for employees to purchase ahead of time and then take home with them on their way out the door. What we found is that by 4 o'clock every day, 80% of people don't know what they're having for dinner. So even though that meal kit option was right at their workplace, we were requiring them to pre-order, and people people's lives don't fit that. They want something on demand. So we decided to move our retail coolers to a grocery setting um, where people could on-demand buy a meal kit solution just like they're shopping for anything else at the, at the grocery store. And, and that's so wise because so often, like you say, by 4 o'clock, people are starting to get hungry, thinking about what's going to happen when they get home, but don't have any idea. And so they're going to have to stop at the grocery store anyway to pick something up or at a fast food place to pick something up if that's the route they're going. So why not just stop in? I believe you sell them in the produce departments, at least in the hen house I go to. That's where they're carried is in the produce department. Yeah, typically we're at the front of the store, so right when you walk in the entrance or as you're rounding through produce. Um, close to the deli section is generally where our coolers are located. And um, we know people don't really like to go to the grocery store, um, but we believe that grocery stores and retailers are going to be at the forefront of um, moving meal kits into the mass market. So whether you're shopping online and picking up your groceries, click and collect, or whether you're having your groceries delivered now um, by the retailer, um, Happy Food Company meal kits would still be an option to purchase through those retail, retail platforms. Let's talk about the name. How did you come up with Happy Food Company? Um, that's a family name for Jeff, my business partner. His great grandmother's name was Grandma Happy. So Aww. he, yeah. So he he was uh, originally wanted to name our company Mother Happy, but uh, he got <laughs> outvoted, and we decided to go with Happy Food Company, which is fun. I like it's Happy. A, it's a well, good representation of our culture. Yeah. It, it definitely is, and food makes people happy. So even if you don't know the backstory about his grandmother's name, it still makes sense because food and people and sharing uh, the food, it makes people happy. So so it works. What have you uh, learned about culture? Again, going back to happy, you said you um, like a happy place to work. It reflects your culture. How have you created that? Uh, well, food is very personal, um, so we know that when people are making a decision to buy our products, there's a personal reason behind that, and the teammates that choose to come to work for us do so for the same personal reasons. Maybe they're trying to put their kids through school, or maybe they have a love for good food, or maybe they're passionate about farm-to-table or sustainable. So we like to tie all that in. Um, we say we're good food for real people. Um, and we believe that having a fun, happy environment is really important part of that. What have you had to overcome? I know you're three years old, and so some people would even say that you're still in the startup stage, so to speak. But yes. um, you, obvi- you know, you've obviously gotten past the opening your doors part, and so you've had the opportunity, I guess you could say, to experience some ups and downs. So share with us some of the challenges that you've had and how you've overcome them. Sure. So I mentioned that we had moved, we had pivoted from a workplace wellness platform, and now we're a retail platform. Um, we also offer a wholesale platform we've, where we've expanded to some partners outside of the Kansas City area, including Oklahoma. And most recently, this year, what we'll be focusing on is a real is a retail meal kit platform for grocers nationwide. So we would supply all of the components, uh, the menu development, the technology to help retailers, primarily grocery stores do meal kits themselves. 
Um, we know that grocery stores want to be in the milk kit business. They're not designed to um, make food themselves. They're more designed to sell other people's foods, and that's why they're struggling to successfully get some milk kits out into the uh, market. So we have developed a platform system that we're going to help grocers nationwide get milk kits on the shelves. Okay, and so you're almost in that role. You're almost acting as a consultant, wouldn't you we, be? We are. It's more of a licensing uh-huh. model. Um, but back to your question about some of the difficulties we face is seeing a need in the market and then being able to pivot your business model accordingly is real important for us, and we're able to do that because we're small. Um, another area that's always a concern for startups, of course, is cash flow and capital. So Definitely. we have, yeah, we have investors that we're accountable to. We're currently in the middle of a raise right now um, to help us get this platform model developed. And so that's usually one of the main concerns for startups, including us. One of the things that I have heard from people who are in the food industry like you or, uh, you know, work with the public is the regulatory issues. Uh, you have to make sure your spaces are clean. I'm sure it's much more involved than that for when you get inspected. Is is that really a, a hurdle or is that just if you just practice general cleanliness? Uh, has that Basically, has that been an issue for you? Um, it really is a hurdle. We, um, we are considered a wholesaler, but the uh, regulatory agencies really didn't know what to do with us because we don't fit in any of the boxes that are already available as far as health department and USDA. Um, and yeah, so it, it's difficult because there's not a list of rules that they give you that you can follow. Everybody in our industry wants to be compliant, but a lot of times you don't know what the rules are until the inspector walks through the door. So it's, it's mm-hmm. a challenge for sure. Yeah, I, it, it sounds like it. Talk to us then about some of the things that you've learned personally as a business owner. What have you realized about yourself? I know you said you got into business 20 years ago and then took the, um, then you went to culinary school for a while, but mm-hmm. still, 20 years, you've got lots of lessons I'm sure you can share. Um, one of the main things I would say is to um, get involved in the community, and you do a great job of small companies like us um, getting involved like that, Kelly, so thank you. Community involvement is real important. Giving back is real important. Um, Taking time to get outside of um, yourself and um, look at the bigger picture. Sometimes as a startup, you just get so tunnel focused on what you're doing every day um, that you forget to look around. So we do. I'm a big advocate of professional development. I'm a big advocate of networking, um, attending events that your organization puts on and other ones in the community, I think is real important for people to get involved. I'm so glad to hear you say that because so often uh, business owners I talk to will say, I just don't have time for that. Because as you say, you can get that tunnel vision. You can get so focused on the day-to-day of your business that you don't realize that the time you take to uh, be involved in the community and to go to the networking events, but you network with a purpose. I would add that uh, right. that that's an investment. It's not just a time suck. It's an investment, and people like you who know how to do that, uh, it's it's just a great way to build relationships and build your business. One thing we didn't cover is your menu development. You mentioned that just mm-hmm. a minute ago. Kind of glossed over mm-hmm. that. Talk to us about how you come up with menu ideas. Um, so we are farm to table. That's my background. So we use locally, locally sourced products wherever possible, um, seasonal. So we'll change our meat, our menu according to the seasons. Um, we offer a range of different proteins. So we'll have seafood items. We'll have vegetarian items. We'll have chicken items, pork items, beef items. Um, 
We've also get tons of requests for more gluten-free options, mm. more Whole30 options are coming on the menu now, vegan options. So um, we work to offer um, something in all of those categories. We know it's hard to do a one-size-fits-all, but I like to have um, options um, for all the different culinary aptitudes out there. Um, a lot of people think that in the Midwest it's just meat and potatoes, but that we actually haven't we haven't seen that to be the case. We see this area to be um, pretty big foodie town, um, and we've been lucky enough in this market to be able to test a lot of fun meals. Sure, and I like the way you said it's not just for the dietary uh, necessities of some of the potential customers, but it's also their aptitude. You know that you have varying levels of recipes and difficult to eat very easy. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, something for everybody. And is that up to the local grocers to choose which ones that they're going to carry, uh, knowing their own customers, or do you make those recommendations? How does that work? We make those selections, so we set the we set car levels and all of the coolers based on the store and the traffic, and the selections that we put in the coolers do vary by customer base or demographic. Um, we often will put in our top five sellers, which have remained consistent, and then we'll put in some seasonal items that will change quarterly, as I mentioned, and then we might target some items that we know may move at one grocery store but may not move at another. All of your products are online. Did I hear you say that, that you can go out to your website and order them? They are, yeah, gethappyfood.com. That's absolutely right. So you can, we have a retail shop in Cedar Creek, so you can drop in there anytime and pick up a meal kit just like you would at the grocery store, or if you know there's something that you want on a specific day, you could order ahead and pick it up there. And how wide a range uh, is your grocery distribution? I know that you have that here in the Kansas City area, but it extends beyond that, too. Where where else can you get them outside of Kansas City? We have about 40 locations in the Kansas City area, primarily um, hen houses and price shoppers. We have two grocery stores in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, We've just recently expanded to Tulsa, Oklahoma, where we're moving from four locations there to ten locations. Um, and then we work um, as a consultant licensing our platform model to uh, a grocery store um, group in Wisconsin. Oh, so you really have expanded a lot just in the last year, it sounds like. And, of course, then you can get the, the meals online as well. And what is the website again? GetHappyFood.com. As we leave here today, if you could give one parting piece of advice to aspiring business owners, what would it be? One piece of advice to aspiring business owners is not to give up, um, to follow your passion. I know everybody says this, but it really is true. Um, you're gonna, people are gonna tell you all the time that it's not gonna work and you can't do it, and you just have to remain positive, set a mantra, and um, follow your passion. Well, and it's obviously what you're doing, and it's serving you well, Kirsten. We're very happy uh, that you've seen success, and we wish you much continued success. Thanks for being our, on our show today. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Kelly. Appreciate your support. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week.